this is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 96. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing an Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you might be getting your podcasts. So for this week, we are doing the weekly news and rumors roundup or wrap-up for the four big rumor sites, which are Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fujifilm Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's go ahead and get started off. Let's do this! All right, so first up from Canon Rumors, patent for quad-pixel autofocus sensor. Canon News broke down why QPAF should be coming in the near future. Quote, right now with dual pixel autofocus sensors, you can focus reliably while the camera is in the horizontal position and your edge of contrast that you're locking on are vertical. If the edge is horizontal or parallel to the camera orientation, then it has extreme difficulty in locking on. This is because all the pixels are arranged in one direction for dual pixel AF. What Canon needs is quad pixel where the pixel is split up not once, but twice, allowing for different phase, uh, phase different arrangements. The patent application specifically deals with suppressing the deterioration that may happen with the extremely accurate focus detection. So this is interesting, and this has been talked about before. Um, in previous episodes, I mentioned this, that uh, this was a new technology that Canon was working on. And it looks like the patent is now being filed for quad pixel autofocus. So it should be coming probably, I would say, possibly in 2021 or at the latest 2022. Uh, we'll have to wait and see which cameras will get this new technology first. But this is definitely exciting, as many, many of you are aware, especially if you're a Canon shooter like myself, the quad, uh, dual pixel autofocus is just amazing. I mean, it's freaking unbelievably fast and accurate. It's just a fantastic autofocus system. Even folks like Jared Poland from Phonos Photo admit that it's hands down one of the best autofocus systems on the planet. So this is definitely some exciting news uh, about this new technology that Canon is going to be putting in future camera designs. And I think it's going to make a lot of people happy. I know it'll definitely make me happy. All right, next up, patent for various RF mount zoom lenses, including an APS-C RF mount design. Now, this story was updated on October 15th at 9.23 a.m. Canon continues to work on new zoom lens ideas for the RF mount, according to this JPO patent. I can only see one lens below that makes sense for a consumer product, and that's the Canon RF 24-70 F4 optical design. Now, hidden in here is an optical formula for what looks to be an APS-C RF mount optical design. The Canon RF 15-70 F4-71 has an image height that differs significantly from the other four optical designs, suggesting it's for a smaller sensor. Please correct me if I'm wrong on that assumption. So first up is the Canon RF 24-70 F4 focal length 24.72-67.90 millimeters. F number 4.12, half angle of view 41.50 and 17 to 30 degree, or 0.30 degrees. Image height 19.69 to 21.64 millimeters. Overall lens length 101.50 to 141.15 millimeters. Back focus 12.50 to 24.86 millimeters. The next one up is the Canon RF 24 to 120 F4 to 7.1 focal length 24 to 72 to uh, 116.40 millimeters F number 4.04 to 7.31 
half angle of view 41.80 degrees to 10.30 degrees image height 19.90 to 21.64 millimeters overall lens length 109.01 to 159.02 millimeters back focus is 14.15 to 31.01 millimeters Next up is the Canon 24 to 100 f4 to 71 focal length 24.72 to 101.85 millimeters f number 4.29 to 7.31 half angle of view 41.80 to 11.80 degrees image height 19.90 to 21.64 millimeters overall lens length 107.52 millimeters to 158 0.03 millimeters, back focus of 13.48 to 35.52 millimeters. The next lens up in this in this story is the Canon RF 28 to 80 f3.5 to 5.6, focal length 27.72 to 82.45 millimeters, f number 3.53 to 5.88. Half angle of view 38.53 degrees to 14.70 degrees, image height 19.69 to 21.64 millimeters, overall lens length 101.50 millimeters to 142.50 millimeters, back focus of 14.16 millimeters to 32.52 millimeters. And finally, the last one in this patent group. Canon RF 15 to 70 f4 to 71 focal length 15.45 millimeters to 67.90 millimeters f number 3.93 to 7.31 half angle of view 42.40 millimeters to 11.30 or degrees to 11.37 degrees image height of 12.56 to 13.65 millimeters Overall lens length 71.26 to 113.36 millimeters, and the back focus of 12.40 to 24.51 millimeters. Now, this is an interesting article, and I'm actually not surprised that Canon is working on patents for RF mount APS-C glass. As I've mentioned several times in previous episodes, it's my belief that Canon is going to phase out the their M mount, EFM mount, uh, APS-C mirrorless cameras. Uh, they haven't done a whole lot of development as far as lenses for that mount design, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to go and they're going to discontinue that line and they're going to pull the trigger on rolling out RF mount APS-C bodies instead. It just makes a lot more sense, and that's exactly what uh, Sony did originally with their mirrorless cameras and what Nikon is now doing with the Z5, 6, and 7 on the full-frame side and the Z50, and I think a Z30 on the APS-C side, all using the Z-mount. So I'm pretty sure this is definitely something that's coming down the line from Canon, and it does not surprise me at all. This is some exciting new lens designs that are in the works. Next up, can, uh, patent for Canon RF 1.8 prime lenses at various focal lengths. Northlight has uncovered a US PTO patent dealing with various prime lenses for the RF mount with a maximum aperture of RF 1.8. First, there's a Canon RF 105 F 1.8, focal length 105 millimeters, F number 1.85, angle of view is 11.64 degrees, image height of 21.63 millimeters. Overall lens length, 145.01 millimeters. Next up is the Canon RF 130 F1.8. Focal length, 131 millimeters, F number 1.85. Half angle of view, 9.38 degrees. Image height, 21.63 millimeters. Overall lens length, 155.01 millimeters, with a Back focus of 27.26 millimeters. 
And the third one in this patent group is the Canon RF 150 millimeter f1.8, focal length 150 millimeters, f number 1.85, half angle of view 8.21 degrees, image height 21.63 millimeters, overall lens length 164.98 millimeters. So again, to me, this is some exciting news. These are some less expensive consumer grade uh, RF mount lenses that Canon has in the pipeline. All of them are primes at f1.8. And it is exciting because if you remember in the EF mount, Canon didn't make a whole lot in the way of f1.8 prime lenses. You had the Nifty 50, um, but you didn't have a whole lot of other designs in the f1.8. And it is good to see that they're going to go with some longer length lenses with a 105, 130, and a 150. This will definitely be exciting news for Many of your non-professional Canon shooters, you know, hobbyists and amateurs that just want a decent prime lens without it costing them thousands of dollars. Next up from Canon Rumors, unreleased Canon ML100 and ML105 video cameras hit certification. This story was updated on October 14th, 2020 at 8.24 p.m. A couple of unreleased Canon cameras have appeared for certification. The two cameras are called the ML100 and the ML105. They have the code names ID0148 for the ML100 and ID0149 for the ML105. The ID is the code name for a Canon video camera. The Cinema EOS C70 is ID0147 internally at Canon. What are these cameras? They could be something new or new versions of the ME20F. Dash SH and ME200S-SH, very niche and expensive cameras. Panasonic just released their box video camera in quotes with the DC-BGH1, and perhaps these are to compete with that camera. The new Panasonic retails for $1999 US, $1999. Uh, the Canon ME20F-SH retails for $19,999 and the ME200S-SH retails for $4,999. So they are definitely playing in a different price bracket. I haven't heard anything specific, specifications wise, but hopefully that changes short, shortly. So this is definitely exciting. They, they, they're interesting looking cameras because they're just a basic like square cube of a camera. Um, but they are interesting to look at at the price tags of the current models, the ME20F and the ME200. Ah, those are expensive cameras. Definitely not something I'm going to be buying to shoot my YouTube videos with anytime soon. Ah, next up from Canon Rumors for this week, let's talk about the Canon EOS R1 development. This is a Canon Rumor Level 2, updated on October 14th, 2020 at 8.26 p.m. It's no secret that Canon is developing an EOS 1DX Mark III level EOS R camera. We are calling it the EOS R1 until we're told otherwise. I agree with that. I've referenced it by the same designation because it makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, they... The first mirrorless cameras were the EOS R and then later the RP, but with this year's announcements, Canon went to the same naming convention as their DSLRs. So the high-end one is the EOS R5 to replace the 5D line, and then you had the EOS R6 to replace the 6D and 6D Mark II, so the 6D line. So it does make sense that they would call their flagship sports camera the EOS R1. Now, I've been told that this camera won't simply be a mirrorless version of the EOS 1DX Mark III, but will be an upgrade. Here are a few things I've been told by a good source. Keep in mind that this is far out from a product announcement. Things can always change. An all-new image sensor with a global shutter. A groundbreaking new AF system above the EOS R5 and R6 the fastest frame rate for stills camera ever from Canon, the second half of 2021 announcement. We've already seen mention of a full-frame sensor development with a global shutter, and this confirms that to some degree. Information for this camera is likely going to trickle out over the next six months or so, but I wouldn't be shocked if we get a development announcement in early 2021 more to come. So I do agree on this, and I do believe there's a strong probability 
that this new flagship mirrorless sports camera is going to be the first model to get that new quad pixel autofocus system. It would make a lot of sense because your professional sports shooters with the 1D bodies, they do tend to shoot both vertically and horizontally. So having that quad pixel AF so that you can get excellent, fast and accurate autofocus in both orientations just makes a heck of a lot of sense. And if you remember, I already mentioned that Canon is developing a new 21 megapixel sensor. The 1D bodies have for a long time had a 20 megapixel sensor in the DSLR world. So it makes sense Canon may just bump it up to 21 megapixels in the EOS R1. So I have a feeling probably that's where that 21 megapixel sensor is going to be going along with the new quad, uh, quad pixel autofocus system. Next up, Canon officially announces the Canon PowerShot Zoom. All right, so Melville, New York, October 14th, 2020. Hiking, bird watching, and nature gazing consumers are embracing the beauty of the outdoors this season and beyond. With this in mind, it is important to have a convenient and intuitive imaging tool to explore the world. Developed to showcase an impressive telephoto reach in a user-friendly compact design, Canon USA Inc., a leader in digital imaging solutions, today launches the PowerShot Zoom, the company's first telephoto monocular. You can pre-order the Canon PowerShot Zoom for $299, and I'll include a link to all of these articles in the show notes for this week. The lightweight telephoto monocular sports 100mm, 400mm, and 800mm telephoto viewing capabilities with a one-touch switch and is equipped with an impressive instant zoom capability to help users view distant subjects. Additionally, the monocular can capture images and videos to a micro SD card and by pairing it with a compatible smart device and the Canon Camera Connect app, these files can be easily downloaded. This pairing feature transforms the PowerShot Zoom monocular into a friendly companion to compatible smartphones for viewing and capturing super telephoto images. In today's ever-changing world, this is a quote, consumers are looking for intuitive and portable imaging tools to view telephoto scenes up close and with ease, said Tatsuro or Tony Kano, Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Imaging Technologies and Communications Group, of Canon USA Inc. Quote, built for those users who enjoy outdoor activities, the PowerShot Zoom Monocular delivers a small compact viewer with a long focal length. We are eager to see, eager to see how consumers use this tool and the convenience it will add to their daily lives, end quote. In addition to its zoom capability, compact size, and ability to pair with compatible smartphones, the PowerShot Zoom Telephoto Monocular also features autofocus when viewing through the electronic viewfinder and recording images and video with face tracking, optical image stabilization for shape correction, 39 inches, 2.36 million dot EVF, uh, 12 megapixel still image capture, full HD video capture up to 30 frames per second, Wi-Fi Bluetooth connection with Canon Camera Connect app and use of compatible mobile devices, Live view and download of photos and videos with the use of the Canon Camera Connect app. It has a USB-C terminal for charging and supplying power, micro SD memory card slot, and as I mentioned before, it's priced at $299. Available in white, the Canon PowerShot Zoom Compact Telephoto Monocular is scheduled to be available in late November 2020 at $299.99. For more information, please visit usa.canon.com. Now this is a little bit exciting. I've seen a little bit, uh, a little bit of a couple of stories on this from Jared Poland at Fronos Photo. It is an interesting design, and I think it will be fairly popular with people that like to do a lot of hiking, camping, stuff like that. Uh, that like to get out into nature, spend time out in the woods on the weekends, bird gazing, and stuff like that. I think it's going to be extremely popular. And at two ninety nine, it's a reasonably priced bit of kit especially when you can zoom in to 800 millimeters and the quality is really good. So I think that thing's going to sell very, very well. Next up from Canon Rumors, Canon officially announces the Canon EOS M50 Mark II. Now this is updated from October 14th, 2020 at 2.13 p.m., also coming from Melville, New York. 
the official announcement for the EOS M50 Mark II, an all-in-one product for content creators with improved video features and autofocus capabilities, the EOS M50 Mark II is the latest high-quality digital imaging camera in the notable EOS lineup. Quote, our customer base includes future content creators and imaging storytellers. It's in our best interest to continuously provide high-quality products that are easy to use in the creative world of photography and video content creation, as well as streaming, said Tatsuro Tony, quote, Tony Kano, Executive Vice President, blah, blah, blah. Same guy from the last article. The EOS M50 Mark II continues to pave the way for photography and video enthusiasts to experience experience a lightweight interchangeable lens camera with many similar features as our full-frame professional mirrorless cameras have. You can pre-order the EOS M50 Mark II. The body only will set you back $599. The M50 Mark II with the EM15-45, 35-63 ISSTM kit in black is $699. The Mark II with the EM15-45, 35-63 ISSTM white is $699. Or you can get the kit with the EOS M50 Mark II with the EM15 to 45 and the EM55 to 200 ISSTM for 929. For the family who strives for high quality output when capturing the precious moments, or for the budding social media creator, the added and improved capabilities of the EOS M50 Mark II camera make the upgrade to an ILC extremely appealing. The new features include improved autofocus, including eye autofocus for stills and video, vertical video shooting support, very angle touchscreen LCD with newly added tap record button and movie self timer for better vlogging experiences, high quality webcam compatibility when used with compatible services with the free EOS webcam utility software for clean HDMI output, wireless YouTube live streaming cap capabilities, the ability to tap the screen to autofocus on your subject while looking through the EVF, helping to control the main focus of the image. The EOS M50 Mark II camera is inclusive of many of the beloved features of its predecessor. Overall, the Mark II is a well-balanced package deal for those interested in both still photography and videography, including those with sparks of social media content creation. Thanks to the 4K UHD 24P providing a 24.1 megapixel APS-C CMOS sensor, Digic 8 image processor in built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technology, as well as access to image.canon cloud service for, your better, for a better workflow. The EOS M50 Mark II camera remains compact and lightweight addition to your carry bag. Pricing and availability, the Canon EOS M50 Mark II camera is scheduled to be available in late November 2020 at an estimated retail price of $599 body only, $699 for the kits I mentioned, and $929 for the double lens kit, as I mentioned previously. So this is exciting. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Canon's still going to release, uh, you know, a couple of more EFM mount bodies. Uh, even if they are going to discontinue the M line at some point in the near future, they've had these bodies in the pipe for four to five years. You got to remember that. So they're going to go ahead and release them before they retire this particular mount and uh, body and lens lineup, which I am certain they're going to do. Probably I'm thinking they're going to retire the M line. I'm thinking probably by 2022. But again, we'll have to wait and see if that ends up being the case. Or if I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're gonna their next APS-C mirrorless bodies are all gonna be RF mount. And finally, this week from Canon Rumors, Canon officially announces the Canon Speedlight EL1. And again, this is a press release from Melville, New York, from October 14th, 2020. Uh, the new generation professional speedlight provides higher performance and reliability unlike ever before in comparison to previous models with a new rechargeable lithium-ion battery and newly designed user interface. As a quote, as an extended form of expression, we understand that imaging or integrating a flash into your photography is an art form and having the right equipment to meet your artistic demands is imperative to client service, said Tony Kano, executive vice president, blah, blah, blah. Quote, we're excited to bring the Speedlight EL1 into our product catalog, which continues to offer photographers who are experts in their field 
the right high quality professional imaging tools of the trade. Now this new Speedlight is going to retail for $1,099. Uh, way too expensive in my opinion. The Canon Speedlight EL1 works seamlessly with EOS cameras and is ideal for any photographer who works in portrait, still life, wedding, or in-studio photography. It's also a resourceful tool for those photographers who work for news agencies, red carpet events, or entertainment reporters. Its durability and reliability are at the core of the newest features, which include a powerful rechargeable lithium-ion battery pack, providing high-speed recycle and increase in number of flashes while utilizing the Canon LC-E6 battery charger, an increased continuous firing number of approximately 170 thanks to a new active cooling system, wireless second curtain sink, new joystick, FE one-touch memory, LED modeling lamp, and user interface display design, a high-durability Xeon uh, glass tube, uh, flash tube to provide higher accuracy and durability of the flash head. Additionally, the Speedlight EL1 provides an expanded power range for versatility of exposure with micro flash. Minimum flash output is low as 1 to 8192 8, power, a zoom flash head that covers a wide focal length range of 24 to 200 millimeters. Bounce angle expanded to 120 degrees and the same level of weather sealing compared with the EOS 1D camera series. Also included are two color filters and a bounce adapter for additional lighting control, making the EL1 a strong addition to the evolving catalog of Canon Speedlight flashes. The Canon EL1 is scheduled to be available for in-store purchase in February 2021 at the price of $1,099. Now, as I said a moment ago, in my opinion, way overpriced. Kudos to Canon for finally putting a lithium-ion rechargeable battery pack in a Speedlight and revamping the user interface, but they're way off the mark on the pricing. And that, granted, that's my opinion, but hey, you know, I recently switched to the Godox, the V860 Mark II, or Mark III, I think it is, uh, C for Canons. And those speedlights are fantastic. They were better than the Canon speedlights I previously had. They already had the lithium-ion battery pack that lasts for one heck of a long time. And they retail for, for less than $200. So, I don't know. I can't see myself spending $1,100 for a single speedlight. I think that's too expensive. Now, guaranteed, there's going to be photographers out there that will. Because you got people that'll spend $5,000 for a Broncolor studio light. So there's definitely the people out there that have the seven-figure income from their studio photography work and portrait work that'll spend that kind of money. But I'm definitely not one of those people. That's just a little bit too expensive for my taste. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter at liamphotoatl. On Twitter, you can tweet the show. Just insert the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now... Back to the show. Okay, so moving on for this week, we're now going to get over to Nikon rumors. All right, first up from the world of Nikon rumors for this week, the Nikon Z62 and the Z72 cameras finally listed for pre-order on Amazon. This is as of October 15th, 2020. The new Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras are finally listed for pre-order at Amazon. Here is an updated pre-order list you can buy at Amazon, B&H Photo, Adorama, Calumet, uh, Park Cameras, Wex Photo, and Camera Canada. So it looks like uh, these will be on the uh, in the hands of shooters soon. Now, I agree with Jared Poland for Frono's photo. And again, I go back to him quite a bit because I've been watching his videos for a long time. He's a great guy. He's from the same general area in Pennsylvania that I'm originally from. And I agree with him. These are going to be great cameras. No doubt about it. The original Z6 and Z7 are great cameras. No doubt about it. But... 
These should have been called the Z6S and the Z7S because Nikon didn't make any significant improvements to these cameras over their predecessor. Same sensor, supposedly a better, a slightly better AF system, dual memory card slots, and a battery grip. Whoop de doo. <laughs> I mean, come on. If I mean, look what Canon did. Canon came out with the EOS R and the RP first, their single memory card slot entry, you know enter into the foray of wireless full-frame bodies. And then this year, they didn't release an EOS R Mark II and an RP Mark II with the same sensor and only slightly improved specs. No, Canon came out full bore for Sony's throat with the EOS R5 and R6, and they're not going to stop. I told you in previous episodes, all of my listeners, that the battle was going to be between Canon and Sony going forward, and that's exactly the where it's going. That's how this battle is fleshing out. And unfortunately, Nikon is losing ground quickly. And I hate to see it, but they're just not innovating. They're not innovating. They're hemorrhaging money. It's a sad, sad situation for Nikon. Next up, the new five-day deal 2020 complete photography bundle is here is now available as with previous years you will get a package of different photography tools drastically reduced several different bundles are available and a portion of the sales go to charity and i'll include a link to this in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself uh these five-day deals include all kinds of things from presets to video training tutorials and photography there's stuff from flern there's stuff from various other sources that are highly reputable sources in the world of photography and videography. So it's definitely something that you'll want to check out, especially if you want to save some money because it's generally a deal that originally retails for thousands of dollars and you can get it for like 99 bucks. But I'm not going to, you know, don't take that as, as written in stone because there are several different levels of the package that you can get at different price points. So go ahead and check it out for yourself. Next up, new firmware updates for the Nikon Z6, 7, and Z50 mirrorless cameras has been released. This is from October 15th, 2020. Nikon released new firmware updates for the Z6, 7, and 50 mirrorless cameras with a single fix. Quote, fixed an issue in which fine-tuning values selected for AF fine-tune save value were not correctly applied when the pictures were taken. The firmware download links are included here. This is version 3.12 for both the Z6 and 7, and firmware version 2.02 for the Z50. So I'll have a link to this article in the show notes that you can download that firmware should you need it for your camera. Next up, Atomus announces ProRes RAW support for Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras. Today, Atomus announced the ProRes RAW support for the new Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras. According to Atomus, these cameras will be able to output up to 4K 30p RAW over HDMI when combined with the Atomus Ninja 5 recording monitor. Quote, Atomus announces up to 4K 30 Pro Raw Re- or ProRes RAW from Nikon Z72, Z62 mirrorless cameras. We're excited to be announcing an additional two cameras in its Apple ProRes RAW ecosystem. On this occasion, we are pleased to announce that the new Nikon Z72 and Z62 will be able to output to 4K 30p raw and record as ProRes RAW files when combined with the Atomus Ninja 5 HDR monitor recorder. These cameras are successors to the very first mirrorless cameras to enable ProRes RAW, the original Nikon Z6 and 7. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself, especially if you have one of the Atomus Ninja 5s and you've been wondering whether or not you were finally going to have, or whether or not you'd have ProRes support in the new Z6 and Z7-2s. And last but not least from Nikon rumors for this week, the grip or the new Nikon MB-N11 multi-battery power pack with vertical grip. Some additional information on the new battery grip from Nikon for the Z6 and 7.2, previously rumored, is now available for pre-order at Arama, B&H, Park Camera, and Calumet. 
Compatible with the Nikon Z6 and 7.2 cameras, accepts two EN-EL15 batteries, has a hot swappable battery slot, which means you can pull one of the batteries out and replace it with a fresh one while still shooting while the camera is still powered up with no issues. Full-featured multi-battery power grip, giving up to 1.9 times uh, SIPA standard, more battery performance, vertical shutter release dials, and customizable function button, built-in USB-C port for constant power or to communicate with software or other equipment, includes battery power level check for each battery, socket for connectivity to a tripod, the optional Nikon EH-7P charging AC adapter, is also available and i'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself it is exciting that nikon is finally going to release a battery grip for the second generation z6 and 7 cameras why they never did for the originals i have no idea and i have already heard that this grip will not work with the first z6 and 7 cameras so if you do buy it don't try it it's not gonna work Okay, so as I said a moment ago, that wraps up the Nikon rumors for this week. Now we're on to the world of FujiRumors.com. Seven Artisans 35mm F095 for Fujifilm X has been announced. Seven Artisans has just announced the Seven Artisans 35mm F095 for APS-C, including Fujifilm X-Mount. It is known as the Boca Monster 7 Artisans APS-C 35mm F095, a new member of 7 Artisans lenses compatible with the E, FX, EOS, M, Z, and Micro Four Thirds mounts. Awesome lens, extremely bright with ultra-low dispersion glass. This lens can be pre-ordered soon at B&H Photo, Amazon, US, and Adorama. This is definitely another exciting lens from 7 Artisans. This company has been cranking out some really, really exciting glass in the last couple of years. And uh, this one looks like it's going to be another exciting one. There's a couple of them that I'm thinking about looking at for my cameras. I can't think of the top of my head what the most recent one was that I was looking at. Um, I'll talk more about that in a future episode, but uh, definitely exciting. And of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, IBIS comparison, Fujifilm X-S10 versus X-H1 versus X-T4. Smarter wiring, 30% smaller, side-by-side with older IBIS units. And the latest Fujifilm X-Lab episode, which is in Japanese, and you rely on a ridiculous automated Google translation that often does not make sense, Fujifilm engineers and managers talk about the Fujifilm X-S10. The XS10 can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Moment, and Focus Camera. The XF10 to 24 F4OR or R OIS WR at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Moment, and Focus Camera. They talk about the challenge of shrinking IBIS, how they change the wiring to make it smaller and more power efficient, and some other things. But what is most interesting for us is that they showed the brand new IBIS units of the Fujifilm X-S10 side-by-side with the one of the Fujifilm X-H1 and the uh, X-T4. As we have learned during the launch event, which we shared in our huge X-S10 live blog, the IBIS unit on the X-S10 is about 30% smaller over the one in the X-T4. And looking at the images below, you can see you can really see how the XS10 IBIS is clearly smaller than the X-T4 IBIS, not to talk of the X-H1 IBIS, which is the first IBIS Fujifilm ever created. Well, that's not technically not correct, but seriously, we don't count this one, okay? (laughs) It's impressive how rapidly Fujifilm is proceeding with the miniaturization process of its IBIS systems, which is is declared top priority for Fujifilm. And this is definitely exciting, and you can see from the images that the IBIS is considerably smaller in the X-S10, and comparison with the X-T4 in the X-H1. This is definitely exciting news. Uh, Hopefully more companies are working on this for future cameras besides just Fuji, but it's absolutely exciting for Fuji and for Fuji shooters. Next up, Viltrox 85mm F1.8 Mark II firmware 1.07 has been released. Viltrox has released the new firmware 
Uh, down below, you can find details in the download links. First, it fixed the problem that the video focus speed is too fast. Two, fix the problem that the video's focus speed is too fast when the lens is used on a model on the model with a non-adjustable video focus speed. Three, fix the problem of not being able to focus in video focus. Four, fix the problem that the video focus speed adjustment is invalid in some models. And five, fix the problem that autofocus did not respond when video focusing. You can access the firmware page here and download the firmware file directly here. The Viltrox 85mm f1.8 Mark II AF can be bought at the Viltrox store, B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes, of course. Next up, new Luminar AI updated sky replacement tool can now generate fake water reflections from your generated sky. As you know, you can now pre-order the new Luminar AI software with 10 euros or dollar discount. Today, Skylum also unveiled one of the new features, Sky AI 2.0, which adds the ability to have your generated sky reflected on the water. Press text. Today, our innovation with the AI sky replacement continues through the Sky AI tool in Luminar AI. We want to bring you the most innovative tools that can make your editing process quicker and easier than ever before, while also providing you with inspiration to create something truly amazing. We've heard from a lot of you over the past year saying there's one thing missing from the sky replacement experience, water reflections. Coming in an update to Luminar AI in 2021, you will be able to automatically have your sky reflect in the water in your scene without any manual work on your part. With Sky AI, you will be able to have your replaced sky reflect on the water automatically. That means no more duplicating your scene, flipping it, and applying a bunch of masking to make it look realistic. Instead, Luminar AI does the hard work for you, whether you're working on that photo in front of a mystical castle you saw on vacation or when you were at the beach hoping for a beautiful sunset. Sky AI will ensure that any water in your scene has your replaced sky reflected. And just like your main sky, your reflected sky will adapt to your relight settings and be blurred into the scene without any manual work from you. If you need to dial it in a bit more, you can adjust the levels of the reflection. You can even bring in things like water ripples to show some motion in your scene. The best part, all the details in your scene stay in your scene Ducks, leaves, beach toys, they're all right there where they should be. Sky AI works around your scene's objects, automatically recognizing small details to make for a hyper-realistic view, just the way you envisioned. Find the right sky every time. Also coming in 2021, you'll be able to browse through your library of skies in a thumbnail viewer. Gone are the days of keeping track of which bright or dramatic sunset you'd like best. The thumbnail browser will show you a preview of each sky, making it easy to find the right sky for your photograph. You can't predict Mother Nature, but with Sky AI and the new Luminar AI, you can get that sky that you are looking for, which is important, especially during those special days that you'll never forget. We can't wait to see the magical scenes you'll create with Sky AI and the other AI power tools coming later this year only to Luminar AI. And you can pre-order your copy of Luminar IA, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out and pre-order for yourself. Last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, yeah. Monument X-Film Camera Sling. Introducing the Monument X, film, uh, X Fujifilm Rugged Camera Sling. Uh, bomber materials and durable padding protect your gear on the outside. Lots of pockets and customizable dividers keeps you organized on the inside. The stability strap keeps your sling tight when moving, shooting, and even hiking, while its rectangular shape maximizes the gear you can fit. Multi-direction for right and left-handed shooters. This is the camera sling you can trust to stay tough and comfortable no matter what the conditions. Features and compatibility, super organized. A camera sling you can configure with modular padded dividers to create multiple small pockets or take them out for a single compartment. Fast to access, top-down opening for grabbing gear on the run. Extra tough, waterproof NPX body material with water-resistant YKK zippers. Cross-body comfort, a padded wing-back panel with soft fabric feels good all day, while the wide, articulated shoulder strap keeps weight distributed and not killing your body. 
in the box, one sling, one shoulder strap, one stabilizer strap, two dividers, and covered by our lifetime warranty. So this is definitely an exciting new camera bag system. It sounds like it's going to be handy, and it's going to be very comfortable for a lot of people. They offer two models, the Monument X Fujifilm Rugged Camera Sling 6L and the 10L. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check them out for yourself. All right, and last but not least, let's move on over to Sony Alpha Rumors for this week. First up, Amazon is now accepting Sony A7S III pre-orders. Again, it's a sign that there is new stock arriving. For two weeks, Amazon US did not even accept pre-orders on the new Sony A7S III. Now pre-orders are open again. Usually it's a sign that they have been notified about the arrival of new stock, a new stock of cameras. The Sony A7S III pre-order at Adorama, B&H Photo, Amazon, Focus Camera, Photo Koch, Calumet DE, Wex UK, and Park UK. And here is Matt Granger comparison with the EOS R5 included in this story. And I'll include this article in the show notes that you can check it out along with Matt Granger's video for yourself. So it looks like Sony has gotten another batch of the cameras out to retailers so that people can pre-order once again. Next up, a uh, Sony A7S III follow-up by Gerald Undone updates SD cards, XLR-K3M, and external recording. Gerald Undone has unpacked more info about the Sony A7S III and released new video on this on his YouTube channel. I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Gerald does do fantastic, high-quality professional videos. So I highly encourage you to check it out for yourself. Next up, new Smart Shooter 4 plug-in enables Sony tethering support for Adobe Lightroom Classic. So, press text, new Smart Shooter 4 plug-in enables Sony tethering uh, support for Adobe Lightroom Classic. Photographers can now enhance their tethering experience in Lightroom through this direct integration from Tether Tools. Tether Tools is pleased to announce the release of the integrated Smart Shooter 4 plug-in for Lightroom Classic. As the industry leader in solutions for tethered capture, uh, Tether Tools developed the plug-in with the goal of expanding Lightroom Classic's native tethering capabilities. The result is a smooth, stable tethered connection with added Sony compatibility and valuable features for Nikon users. The Smart Shooter plugin for Lightroom will provide users with efficiency, enhanced workflow quality, and delivering a more unified tethering experience. Tether Tools is always assessing how we can create compatibility between gear and systems within the tethered workflow. Uh, among the other great features, we're really excited for Sony photographers to be able to tether directly into Lightroom, says Josh Simmons, Tether Tools president and CEO. Smart Shooter 4 is a digital photography workflow application that allows users to fully control a camera from a computer, giving the freedom to explore and experiment to help take the perfect picture. Automatic download and display provides the ability to fully evaluate photos in seconds, and real-time live view output will help focus and compose the images. Scripting language lets uh, users have control of their camera, allowing them to take multiple photos with varying settings just by clicking a single button. This integration with the Smart Shooter plugin adds onto native Lightroom Classic functionality to provide compatibility with Sony cameras, automatically apply Lightroom presets, save to card and computer simultaneously, advanced tethering features, barcode scanning, and multi-camera connectivities, which will allow for up to eight cameras. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, wow, new Sigma patent discloses the design of a new 300mm f2.8, 250mm f2, and 200mm f1.8 FE lenses. A new Sigma patent published today unveils new superb lenses options for, US, or for us Sony shooters. 
Sigma 300mm f2.8 for mirrorless system cameras, which definitely means there will be an E and L mount version. Sigma 250mm f2.0 for mirrorless system cameras and a Sigma 200mm f1.8 for mirrorless system cameras. Now, usually patents are no guarantee these lenses will make it into final production, but it would make sense from a business point of view because currently Sony doesn't offer affordable telephoto prime lenses. Not everyone can spend $12,000 for the Sony 400mm G Master with a smiley face. Which lens would you consider buying? The Sigma 300 f2.8, the Sigma 250 2.0, or the Sigma 200mm f1.8, or None of the above, and you can vote in this online poll at SonyAlphaRumors.com. And last up for this week, Seven Artisans just announced the new 35mm F095 APS-C E-mount lens. As I mentioned in an earlier article, this new Seven Artisans lens is now available in the Sony E-mount as well. So I'm not going to go into all the details again. There is not uh, no info yet about pricing and availability, but it is expected to be listed soon on their official page and at Amazon US, Amazon DE, and Amazon UK. All right, so that is going to wrap up all of the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is named the host of the show myself, Liam, and I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest that has been on the show to show that you're a listener. Once you're in the group, you're free to post your own original work. If you would like creative critique on your images, you can post them with the comment CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers. Additionally, I am the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group as well. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com. Remember, the first book goes on sale November 9th. 2020 so keep checking for updates about media appearances and book signings all right and that is going to wrap up this week's episode on news and rumors and i will see you all again in another seven days